Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Tom Offerman and Jacob Brecht here on another edition of the Steelers Standard. The Steelers getting a big win this weekend against the Denver Broncos. That's extra good news because so far, as we sit here on a Monday morning, the rest of the AFC North is 0 and 2. Cincinnati Bengals falling to the Green Bay Packers. One of the wilder endings to a game we've yeah. seen in a while. Both teams should have absolutely won that football game. They both uh, had chances. Absolutely. And Do you, you know Mason Crosby was four of seven? That's for crazy. Field goals? He does that though. He misses some streaky field goals every once in a while for that team. And uh w- Mason Crosby misses, and then, of course, the, the Bengals kicker misses a, a chance to win when he thought it went through the uprights and started celebrating afterwards before realizing that, no, it in fact did not hit the upright. This isn't baseball, my friend. You don't get a fair ball for hitting the yellow pole. That is a negative in the sport you're playing. So a little premature celebration there. It's so Bengals, but they follow the Packers. And then the Brownies in what was... I'd say the game of the weekend because the Bills and Chiefs game kind of fell flat on its face with the Bills just dominating. We'll get to that in a little bit. But 47-42, the Chargers beat the Browns in a comeback effort. The Browns had a 14-point lead, and they blew it to the L.A. Chargers and Justin Herbert. Uh, That 14-point lead was in the second half with Nick Chubb running for 52 yards to put the Browns up 27-13, to 13, but the Chargers scored the next two touchdowns and took the lead. The teams jockeyed back and forth uh, with the Chargers going up 47-42 to 42 and a Hail Mary attempt falling short for the Cleveland Browns. Let's talk about that Hail Mary attempt because Baker was very vocal about the refereeing in this game in his post-game press conference, saying something along the lines of, you can basically send the fine already, I don't care, but that is pass interference at the end of the game. And he said there was another questionable pass interference called on the Browns uh, against Mike Williams that helped the um, Chargers extend a drive that they ended up scoring on. So Baker not happy with the refs. I don't like hearing that from my starting quarterback if I'm a Browns fan or if I'm the Cleveland coaching staff. That seems like a lot of excuses there in a game where you put up 42 points. I'm sure you could have found a way to win that football game uh, with things that you can control and not the refereeing. But I will bend a little bit on the fact that if that's the end of the second half and that Hail Mary, Hail Mary happens, I said Hail Murray because last year it was the Kyler Murray, the Hail, Hail Mary. Murray. But the last successful Hail Mary in the NFL. But if that's the second half, if that's the first quarter, if that's anything else and they throw it up, I'm like 95% sure the ref is calling a flag there and giving the Browns the ball on like the the inch line with the chance to score. So it's so hard because it's just like this across the board in sports. Refs swallow whistles in situations like, I mean, in a basketball game, you can basically murder the guy 
and not get a foul called if it's the last possession of the game. Refs just don't want to be the guy that affects the game. They don't want to make that, you know, for all the the silly stuff that they do throughout the game and the ref showing that they do throughout the game, for some reason, once it gets to that final minute, they're like, oh, we don't want to be the ones that affect the outcome of this game. It's all about the players. Unless it's Jesse James catching the football. Yeah, of course. But I think that that was pass interference by the letter of the law do i think you should call it i don't know maybe that's my on bias hail, because on it's a the hail Mary play it's so hard to tell to like, tell who's really drawing the contact but i do think it was pretty obvious especially when you slow it down that that chargers player hit the browns player a bit early and and knocked him to the ground there i let me say this if you throw that flag i know it's the spiciest flag of the weekend and that's dominating national sports mm-hmm. talk radio was it or wasn't it a penalty but I think most people, including us on this podcast, would have landed on the side of that that was a penalty. Yeah, we, me, you, and Crowley were, were watching the game together. And initially I was, I was happy because I thought that it was just a, an incomplete pass. I mean, kudos to Baker for getting the ball all the way down there. We didn't even think that it was going to happen. But Baker somehow put enough air on that ball to get there. And I don't know if where I where I land on this time because I I can see how you can make the argument that there was contact, but I think that I saw a Cleveland receiver already falling down, which kind of caused the the Charger defender to make contact with the other Cleveland defender or receiver who also fell down. Because you saw a couple of bodies on the ground before the ball got there, and I, I I just don't know if I can really say that the Chargers' contact on the Cleveland defender was entirely his fault. I think it was because of the collective bodies there. I I just think on a hail mary, unless it's blatant holding, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw a flag there. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying, and that's just how it goes. I mean. You never see a flag thrown in that kind of a situation. Unless it's blatant holding. Like he karate chops the player yeah. to the ground or something or, like or that. Or he's holding him back by the sh- by the jersey, yes. Yeah. I don't th- Unless it's 100% obvious. You know what, even then, though? It's still I wonder if thrown. the refs might not throw that flag. Just They're so tentative in that last little window. I mean, it's like, I don't know. Ref shows, they bother me, as you can tell. Final AFC North. I don't know why you're so bothered by it, though. That's good for the Steelers, yeah. It's it's great great for the Steelers. Steelers. They're now a game back of both the Bengals and the Browns. Potential of being only a game back in the division tonight if the Colts can go on the road and beat the Ravens at the bank. you think that's likely? Not at the bank. If it was in Indianapolis, I'd think that they'd have a shot. But uh, We were saying off air, Tom, Carson Wentz, even though the Colts are, what, one and three? One and three. Not having a, a horrible year. Colts are a better team than their record, I think. I think they're a better team than one and three, but this is a really tough matchup at the bank. Baltimore's favored by seven. I think the Colts could probably cover that spread. But, yeah, I think that the Ravens are going to the win the um, win the game. I think they're going to win the, the football game and, and move to 4-1 and one and have that sole possession of first place in the AFC North. I don't know about comfortable, but they'll, well, they'll, they'll be in the driver's seat through the first five games uh, First five games of the season. Um, let's see here. What else did I want to get to about the NFL season or the NFL weekend? A lot of other games were just kind of nothings. The Patriots almost lost to the Texans. That was a, a weird undoing. Niners and Cardinals. 
It was a big matchup. I thought that the Niners might be able to knock off the Arizona Cardinals, uh, give them their first loss of the season. Unfortunately, not meant to be. Arizona getting the big win, 17-10 to over the Niners. They did it with defense. The team whose identity is offense, 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 they do it with the defensive side of the football. Incredible stuff from the Arizona Cardinals winning in that facet because I didn't think that they would be able to win that way, honestly. I thought that this was a get into a shootout. you got to score at least 28 points for them to walk away victorious. No, they didn't force that. No, they didn't at all. Their defense shows up and wins them a football game, building more confidence in the way I look at the Arizona Cardinals because when you start to show me that you can win in different ways, I mean, that is just a huge, huge boost for the entire team. It's just so unfortunate for the NFC West teams because they play each other six times a year. They're just going to keep beating up on each other. I think that's the only way you don't see one of these four teams. Maybe now the circumstances surrounding Seattle with Russell Russell Wilson being out for an extended period of time, that could definitely play a detriment to them or be a detriment to them. It's, these NFC West games are are the best games week in and week out. I know last night we had the Sunday night game, and we'll talk about that in a, in, a, in a couple minutes here, but these games are just so entertaining. And like you said, Tom, it's because they're beating each other in just more than one ways. Arizona, we know, has this fly or high-powering offense, and that's how they beat the LA Rams um, just, what, a week ago or two weeks ago maybe? They, it, was they outs- it was what the final score of that game was what 38 to 20 something like that that's how you expected the cardinals to win uh through those first four weeks and that's how you expected them to beat the cardinals if they were to beat the cardinals but it was what 17 to 10 final score yes defense really so- showed up and i do think san francisco has a good team and i i think regardless of if it's Trey Lance or Jimmy G at quarterback, they still have a very, very good team. If your defense is able to hold Arizona under 30 points for the first time all year, that's got to be that's got to be credit to your defense. You have to get the recognition for that because that's all they knew how to. Do. That's all they did for the, through the first four weeks was put up 400 yards total on offense and, and 30 points. Yeah, and. When you start, so I, I still think San Francisco is a good team, I do even too. though a two and three, what a two and three record. Yeah, but that's just the nature of the beast playing in the toughest division in football. That division is going to beat up on each other, except for the Cardinals, at least to this point. Only undefeated team in football. They moved to five and oh, they got a tough test next week, though. They go on the road to face off against a desperate Cleveland Browns team who is going to try to avoid dropping to 500 and beat the undefeated Arizona Cardinals. What a tough, tough beginning of the season for the Cleveland Browns as far as their schedule is concerned. Uh, You said that game is in Cleveland? It's in Cleveland, yes. The Cardinals are going to be traveling across the country to play in that one. Is it a 1 o'clock game? Uh, It's a a 4 o'clock game, so it goes in the Cardinals' favor there. Slightly. It's going to be a tough test for them, but, you know, every week, Jacob, it seems like we're saying to ourselves, here comes another t- tough test for the Cardinals, and they keep passing those They've tests done it now two weeks in a row. flying colors. Seattle and They're going to lose, though. That's that's going to happen. They're not going to— Yeah, maybe not this week, but they are going to lose. They're not going to do a 16-0 and into the playoffs no. kind of thing, or I guess it would be 17-0 and into the playoffs kind of thing now, but 
that team is impressing me, and I I think I am actually getting closer and closer to putting them in that echelon with Tampa and the Rams and the Packers as far as teams I can see That's hoisting that That's interesting because you were saying trophy. just a week ago they were the one team that you really didn't trust. I didn't see them winning with defense. I didn't see defense being a reason why they win a football game. You're starting to show me you're more complete than I actually thought you were. So, yeah, I'm going to give you a little bit more credit this week. Uh, something that broke in the Steelers' favor as far as an AFC team losing, although they lost to an NFC team, the Raiders dropped their second straight game, and they did this one at home, only scoring nine points on the day. The Chicago Bears defense just absolutely stymied that Raider offense, so we, which has been pretty good this year. We touched on this a little bit ago in a, in a previous segment, but we can expand, our, expand upon it more now. Do you think it was the the first was it the first or second start in Justin Fields' career? I think this was the first time he was given starter designation. Do you think it had to do with Justin Fields or the Raiders kind of being exposed as? as kind of a fraudulent 3-0 and team? Well, I think the Raiders definitely are a little fraudulent, but I do also... What's, th- what's, what's different between the Raiders and the Broncos is the Broncos beat up on the Jaguars, Jets, and Giants, whereas... The Raiders beat good teams. Two of the three teams they beat were Baltimore and Pittsburgh. I don't know. I forget who the third team was. It was Miami, who is now, I think, 1-4. and four. Uh, but They have injury problems at quarterback. They yeah. do, but still, a 1-4 team is a 1-4 one one team. 1-4, I agree completely. But they beat the Steelers and the Ravens. Those are two, I mean, the Steelers, we don't know, but the Ravens are a good team. I agree. The Ravens are a, a good team. Um, maybe one of the best teams in the AFC, to be quite honest. So that's a big win from the Raiders. But that's what the Raiders do. They get out to these early starts in the season, and then they can't build off of it, and they can't continue that momentum throughout the year. So they fall to three and two. I, I think it's a little bit of a fraud Raider team, but I think the Bears are a better team when Justin Fields is playing quarterback, and I think they're using Justin Fields the way that they're supposed to be using Justin Fields. You know, they're starting to work that offense more in his favor than they were in that first game against the Browns when he just got destroyed. I mean, they weren't even trying to double team Miles Garrett, so it's like they weren't even trying in that one. Past couple weeks. Seems like they've started to, you know, adjust that offense to help a young, learning rookie quarterback. And look at what it's done so far. It's translated into two wins, and it's put the Chicago Bears right there in that playoff race. Uh, as it stands, it was more right of a Minnesota accent you had going on. No, it wasn't. And it's one. they're the number six seed as it stands right now in the NFC at three and two. So the Bears, I mean, they're looking not amazing but they're looking better than we thought that team was headed just a couple weeks ago it looked like they were going to be one of the dumpster fires of the nfl well yeah after that loss against cleveland where they i thought they were going to be the dumpster one of the dumpster fires of the league but it doesn't seem like that it seems like they're starting to turn the ship around i don't think they'll be amazing but maybe a seven win team an eight win team you lose against the rams you beat up on the bengals early on before they were what a three and one team and then they lost off That's, a field goal to the Packers. It's all of a sudden looking like a better win, though, for the Bears. Yeah, maybe. But you get blanked by the Browns, and then you only beat the Lions by 10 points. There's a lot of only beating the Lions going around, though. I don't know if you've noticed that, but the Lions But the have Lions been like, are still winless, Tom. Hey, you know what uh, only beating a team translates to? Beating a team. That's so, fair, I mean, but, I mean, you, you, you should beat the Lions. 
That's what I'm saying is that they beat the Lions. I agree, and you're sitting here saying, well, they should beat the Lions by more than what they did, but no one is. Everybody's beating the Lions on like last-second field goals. And uh, like, but they're still beating them, so they haven't so done anything the more Bears. impressive than any other team that's gone up against the Lions. The only impressive win against the Lions was the Packers in Week 1. Or in Week 2, rather. They did blow the, the Lions out in that the game. The real test, speaking of the Packers for the Bears, comes this coming week. Rivalry game. Rivalry. Throw game, the records sure. out. Throw the records right in the trash. The Packers are going to destroy them. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Just... I don't know about throw the records out because oh, you as throw long the records as Aaron Rodgers is playing, the, the game I always think about when you say throw the records out between the Bears and the Packers is that one. Do you remember? It was like three years ago, maybe four years ago at this point. Monday Night Football. It was the year where John Gruden was was in his first year as head coach with the Raiders, basically gave away, gifted away Khalil Mack to the Bears. It was his first game on Chicago where they already had a decent enough defense, and he just really made them an elite unit. And that whole first half, Khalil Mack is eating up, destroying Aaron Rodgers. And then Aaron Rodgers comes out in the second half. It's questionable if he's even going to start the second half, but he decides to come out. Aaron Rodgers just tears him up. That's the Aaron Rodgers effect. Is no matter how depleted you are to start a game, he can always keep you in it. And they ended up winning that game. So I don't, I don't, I don't throw the records out when it's Aaron Rodgers playing. The big game of the week on paper was, of course, Sunday Night Football. Buffalo traveling to Kansas City. How impressed mm-hmm. are you with the Buffalo Bills? I mean, you got to be impressed. I mean, I picked them in my triple play last I week, know you so did, I, but- I, I saw this coming. And am I more impressed with the Bills, or am I more? at a loss for words as to how the Steelers managed to beat that team in week one. I, that is one of the biggest mysteries in the NFL. I think it's the biggest upset that we've had so far in the NFL season. You think Steelers over, over Bills week one is the biggest upset? Maybe Jags over Titans. No. Just because it's Jags the- over, no, uh, Jets over Titans. J- excuse me, yes. I'm sorry. The Jaguars did not do anything. I don't think so. Once the Jaguars think- do win a game, that will be the biggest upset in I the think, season. I think because... I think Buffalo is that much better than Tennessee. You have to give it to Pittsburgh. Agreed, but Pittsburgh's probably that much better than the Jets. You know what I mean? So it kind of works. It kind of works in both directions. There, I think you had to go by the better team on top. Buffalo just puts up. They put up absurd amounts of points. They put up. They put up at least thirty-five points ever since that Steelers game. And they didn't do it against the Steelers. No, they did not. And we're watching the highlights right now on Good Morning Football. Let's let's remember Week One for Tennessee. They got blanked by Arizona. What was it, thirty-eight to seventeen? They're not Arizona in terms of their offensive production. Also, Tennessee was without Julio Jones and AJ Brown that game. I think you have to give it to to Pittsburgh. The hurdle of Josh Allen over a defender to pick up a big first down. I mean, our good friend Matt Williamson tweeted out at the moment, Mahomes is great, and no disrespect to him, but he thinks Josh Allen is the more naturally gifted player. Mm. And it's an interesting take because, wow, his size is just such an advantage. His grace when he runs, he's such a good runner of the football, and his arm is a chooch. I mean, it... His ability to throw on the run, too. I mean, the pass he had to Dawson Knox for the long touchdown to him on the run, in the rain, on an absolute And then dime. how did Dawson Knox get that wide open? That's a crazy – well, that's the Chiefs secondary. Yeah. That's probably one True. of the worst secondaries in all of football. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the drive before, it was a wide-open touchdown pass to Emmanuel Sanders. The Chiefs secondary the, – uh, so the Bills, yeah, we're impressed by the Bills. What more can you say about them? But the Chiefs. 
I agree that there's a lot of concerns there because you saw what happened when Patrick Mahomes and the offense isn't clicking on all cylinders. They need to be able to get into shootouts. They need to be able to score 35-plus points to win these football games so far this year. And the Bills' defense played really well in some terrible weather last night in Kansas City. The offense for the Chiefs not really able to get their you know, Death Star fully operational like it usually is. And that's not going to be the case. Your defense isn't going to be able to do that to other teams when the quarterback's Josh Allen. I mean, just last week they couldn't do it to Jalen Hurts, who I think is better than a lot of people think, but he's nowhere near the echelon of a Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. But he still puts 30 points up on you. You just scored 42, so you walk away with the win. You know, you're going to get lit up when you face a Rodgers, when you face a Josh Allen, because you've got a lot of problems on that defensive side of the football. I mean, that's one of the worst defenses in the league. And it's... It's going to be an if uphill climb up, for the Chiefs. I think if they face off against each other in the playoffs. Look what Herbert did to them when Herbert got the win. I mean, he scored at will. I think if these two teams face each other in the playoffs and most likely what would be the AFC championship game. Is that the case, though, now? And I mean that with the Chiefs. You don't think they make it as the number two seed? I don't know if the Chiefs make it to the AFC championship game is what I'm saying. I think that the Chiefs are. I think the Bills. The defense is that bad that it could, it could prevent them from. If I had there. to put money on a team getting the bye, say I had to pick two teams, I'd pick the Chief, the Bills and the Chargers right now as the front runners, and the Chiefs would be probably. See, if the Ravens win tonight, then the Ravens are at four and one, and they're in a pretty good spot as well. It's a lot, three losses is a lot for the Chiefs to have right now. Right now, especially with the one loss being to the Chargers, who are. Two losses better than you in that loss column, as well as having that tiebreaker over you. We'll do our power rankings episode later this week, but are the Chiefs out of your top ten, Tom? Oof. Oof. They're it's definitely. tough to put a three-loss team through only five weeks in your top ten. But what? it could be, you know how we always said, like, after week one this year. They don't really. With the Packers, like, it's just relax. Like, we're not going to yeah. impress you in, in September, which is odd because that's where that's typically where Kansas City plays its best football is the beginning of the year. This is the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career where he hasn't done that. But do you think this is the first time where we see Patrick Mahomes just say, relax, we'll get there, and the Chiefs finish the year 13-4? and four. Well, here's the thing that's difficult for them. Their schedule never really sets up for them to have, you know, a consecutive run of games that are winnable. They can definitely get on a win streak because they're the Chiefs, and I think they still have a lot of talent. But they go to Washington this week, so that's a game that's winnable. So they get back on track there. But then the following week they go to Tennessee, and that's a game that the Titans are desperately going to want to win and prove that they're, you know, in the class that can beat the Chiefs. And even though the Chiefs probably would win that football game, that's not going to be easy facing Derrick Henry in that Tennessee offense. So mm -hmm. that's a tough game. And then they, you know, it's kind of up and down like a roller coaster. And then they get an easy one, and they get the Giants at home. Monday Night Football should be a bloodbath. Should be a get right game. Oh, you're starting to feel good about yourself. But then who do you welcome not into so town fast. the next week? You got Aaron Rodgers coming into town, and you got to face the Packers. And then you're thinking, okay, fine. Who do we got next? We go to the Vegas Raiders. They don't look that great. We can beat the Raiders on the road. And then the next week you face the Cowboys, and that offense is clicking Cowboys on all have cylinders. Have a good enough offense that can 
that can, can out, light outscore up. your Kansas City offense, that Kansas considering City. The, the defense that Kansas City has. Then I'd say is when they get the chance to start stacking wins. Broncos at home, Raiders at home, big one on the road against Chargers. the Chargers, but then Steelers at That's home. That's a revenge game for Kansas City, though. Steelers at home should be a win. Bengals on the road should be a win. Broncos on the road should be. So there's a chance for them to stack wins at the end of the year with a Further big one against the, the Chargers, but until they get there... It's almost every other week that they're facing a losable football game. So really uphill battle for the Chiefs. They're going to have to start beating some good teams. Yeah, I mean, that's they're going to have to figure this defensive trouble out. They've right? lost every, every good team they've faced, they've lost to. Now, they beat the Browns, so they I'd say that's Browns. a win against a good team. But they lost to the Ravens, they lost to the Chargers, and they lost to the Bills. I mean, those are three pretty good football. Those are the three teams after tonight and me expecting the Ravens to win. I mean, those are the three teams at the top of the AFC that have beaten the, the, the Chiefs so far this year. So I get it. You've had a tough schedule, Kansas City, but you're supposed to be the Chiefs, man. You're supposed to at least win one or two of those football games, you know? So Definitely. So definitely a little bit concerning in Kansas City. Uh, before we wrap things up on this episode, just looking at the AFC standings for the playoff race and teams that are in front of the Steelers. Uh, as of right now, the seven seed is the Denver Broncos. They are just a nose ahead of the Cleveland Browns, uh, winning the tiebreaker based on best in-conference win percentage at the moment. So the Browns are the eight seed at three and two, and then the Patriots are in front of the Steelers as well with a tiebreaker over the Steelers and the Chiefs based on conference games. Steelers have the tiebreaker over the Chiefs right now based on conference games. So mm-hmm. teams in front of the Steelers for a playoff spot, the Patriots, the Browns, and the Broncos. Steelers are already better than the Broncos. I think they're a better team than the Patriots are. But that Brown, you know, you're know, you looking at teams that they have to jump for that wild card, and the Browns is the one that gets you hung up on them because that's a really good football team that I think we all expect to bounce back, put some wins together, and make it to the playoffs. And then in the rearview mirror, even though they're 2-3 and three and you have that tiebreaker over them as it stands right now, the, the Chiefs scare you jumping over you eventually. Well, I, I think we have every expectation of the Chiefs doing so. Right. It's it's You have to be realistic here. Who is going to be in that neighborhood with you at the end of the season? And I think right now, I don't even think the Chiefs... It's more of a discussion who will be the division winner rather than who is going to be, for the AFC North, than who is going to be in that tier with you at the end of the season, right? So... The three wild card teams right now are the Bengals at five, the Raiders at six, and the Broncos at seven. I could see all three of those teams falling back to earth. So say you have the Browns jump in to be one of those teams, and then you have the Chiefs jump in to be the other one of those teams and fill two wild card spots. Okay. Then you're competing against the Bengals, the Raiders, the Broncos, and the Patriots if you're the Steelers. And, may- and the Raiders. And maybe the I said the Raiders. Oh, and did. maybe the Colts sneak their way back into I that, don't think but that's may- probably not. So those teams that I just listed, I know you lost to the Raiders. I also don't know if the You can Patriots, be better than all of those teams, though. I think you're better than the Patriots. The Patriots barely— I, That's what I I'm saying. It. I get it how you always say, well, if you still beat them, you beat them, but they barely beat the but Houston th- Texans. This is what I'm saying, is that you throw the Bengals, the Raiders, the Broncos, the Patriots, and the Steelers into a hat, and there's one wild-card spot left between those teams. You can Are talk you yourself. You can talk yourself into the Steelers being the best team if well, you run the ball like you did against Denver, and you're conservative with the way he utilized Ben, and you limit his ability to really impact the game in a negative way. I think you can end up being that seven seed. I think you only need to worry about. Oh no! 
you get a chance at the Bengals too. You get a chance to rectify that loss. The Raiders one is tough because they have that head-to-head tiebreaker. I think over you here. have two playoff spots to fight for. Well, if the, if the Browns and the, and the, and the Chiefs come up, yes. Oh, it's the and Browns. then the Browns. Oh, I wasn't looking at the Browns. Browns would come right. up yeah, too, Browns, so that'd okay. be five, six. So it's seven. So you're just looking at one. But it's doable, especially if you get to that five and four spot before that Chargers game. It's definitely doable, Steelers Nation. I mean. We talked about how your season was basically on the line against the Broncos. Well, your team went out and delivered, and now you see who. Because we'd be talking if they were one and four, we'd be talking about. There's just no way they can. Where get are you back gonna fall in race. terms of order in the draft? But now we're reasonably talking about that seventh wild card spot and it being completely up for grabs right now. And the Steelers looking, at least on paper, like one of the better teams competing for that last spot. So realistically, you're better than the. Pa- I think the Patriots fall down. Because I, I do too. I don't think they're that good. I think the Bengals maybe fall back to earth, and then you you have to beat them in at, at the at the latter part of the season when you play them again to to even out the tiebreaker, and then you have to start to stack AFC North wins because I think that's the second. Well, I guess you have to have a better win percentage to begin with, but if you're around there, you have to make sure you have more AFC North wins than they do, and then luckily you have a tiebreaker over Denver. It's then up to will the Raiders be at the same record as you? They would have a tiebreaker over you. Yeah, and that's the team that worries you. And no, not necessarily because they if, might of, fall of that, far. Of that pool, I think there's only one team that's likely to really fall, and that's the Patriots. To Maybe really, the Broncos, but you already have a tiebreaker. You already over them. beat them. And and so it's really the concern lies between Cincinnati and Vegas. I agree. And Vegas, you only had one chance to get a tiebreaker over them, and you lost it. I agree. So Vegas, you know, that scares you a little bit. But the Bengals, like I said, you got a chance to control your own destiny there and get one back against them. But you know what? The more and more I sit here and think about it, Steelers might be the best team in that group. I think the Bengals are right there, which is weird to say because it's the Bengals. I don't think it's weird to say because they got a quarterback now. Yeah, so I and think they the, got a weapon for him. I too. think the Bengals are right there. Maybe Weapons. This, maybe this is just optimism, but if the Steelers play like they did on Sunday against the majority of teams, they'll push for that seventh seed. Especially when you go up against the Bengals again, when you play, I don't, I don't want to say when you play the Chiefs later on, but. It's it's an easy winning recipe when you play against the Lions and the Bears, right? Yes. It's possibly a winning recipe when you go up against the Minnesota Vikings later down the season. Same with the Tennessee Titans. It's going to be a challenge against the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Ravens twice, the Bear or the the Browns twice. You have winnable t- winnable games with the formula. It's just how much can that formula truly translate to a win against these better teams? Well, that'll do it for this edition of the Steelers Standard. Thanks, as always, for giving us a listen. For Jacob Brecht, I am Tom Offerman, and we'll talk to you a little later on in the week with our next edition of the Steelers Standard.